good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. However you're watching, wherever you're watching, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, it's the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast. We have the Bearded Bandits. I, we are officially the Bearded Bandits. In the comments, they called us the Bearded Bandits. So mm-hmm. I guess yeah. we are officially the Bearded Bandits now. Jamal, you have to jump on. Everybody in the comments. Hey, I named us the Bearded Bandits, and yeah. I, I I shaved earlier today. I mean, it's just uh, just a tragic turn of events over here, you know? If yeah, you, you had a shadow think, last episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you guys think Jamal should grow his beard out, just leave a thumbs up in the comments. If we get a hundred thumbs up, let's get Jamal. Let's get a beard by Jamal. There's two right now. If we yeah, get a, if we get a hundred thumbs up, I won't shave until you know March. All right, there we go. Oh, oh there we go. Hundred thumbs up. Okay, I like 100 this. Hundred thumbs up. So, hundred thumbs here up. Here we go. So today, guys, we are talking. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even ask you guys how you're doing. I apologize. Ryan, how are you doing today? None, none taken. Good. Great. <laughs> Splendid. Excited to be here. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. We got the good news today. We'll be down in San Diego for the bowl game. So we get yes, to see sir. the Chargers Diego. play. We'll be down in San yeah. Diego. So you guys come check us out. We'll we'll let the we'll let Rye Die figure out what we're doing. So I'm not going to announce anything yet. I'll let him work his magic because I don't want to get him to uh what does he say, Jamal? We'll think about it. Or I'll let you know the yeah 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 I'll, I'll let you guys know you know when it's yeah, I'll, I'll let, let you guys, guys know you know that's 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 when you know you know you're in trouble so yeah yeah so we'll let Ryan work his magic and when we get something going we will let you guys know but we will definitely be down there if you guys are down there and you see us don't be afraid to come and say hi take pictures do all that good stuff and we have the madman himself pretty excited because he's about to go on Christmas break because this industry goes on Christmas break. So he's get to, is it paid or do they not pay? I don't, I should put your business all out there, but, but no, I mean, it's paid, paid vacation. Yeah. 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 It's, oh, nice. the, the, the thing with aerospace is you get no outside of Christmas and Thanksgiving and labor day. You don't get any holiday. And what they do is they just oh. basically stack all of it in, in, and put, give you two weeks that doesn't count towards your vacation. So it's nice. I mean, it, it sort of depends on if you enjoy more kind of three day weekends, then you know that's uh, that you won't like that. But then it, it it almost becomes kind of a second vacation in the year, you know, if when it, you stack it all up. Ooh. I got. I like so, that. Yeah, I would like that for sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get the full Christmas vacation. That's great. I didn't even yeah. know that. It's like you're in school again. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, oh, break, my, uh, yeah, oh yeah, Ash Fernandez, you know, always tells me he's like, man, you know, when you grow up one of these days and and don't have winter break, then you know, come talk to me, you know, when you're an adult. So, <laughs> Definitely. so we got not the full crew here, but we got the crew. We got the spring crew. Let's do it like that. We got the spring crew here so far. So today we're we're resuming our uh, our roster talk, and we're going into the O line. Um, Good thing Ryan is here because we're going to need an optimistic guy. I'm not very high on this group, but. Oh, I thought we'll you, said, you said optimistic guy. I heard yeah. Optimus Prime, you know. So <laughs> Maybe he's glad Ryan Prime. is he here because we need yeah. Optimus Prime. And, you know? He might try like that better. One. There we go. Oh, heck yeah. But, you know, USC's Optimus Prime, Ryan Dyro. Like here we go. Better. Yeah. <laughs> Let's throw it up. Let's throw it up. So we got the Trojan online. So I'll just explain it to you guys for those who can't who can see. The white are the guys who are graduating, so I didn't highlight them at all. Um, as you go through it, 
the red are seniors, um, the yellow are going to be sophomores, and the burgundy color is is uh, going to be juniors. So we'll go through that. So the reason why it's like this this time, too, is because I don't know particular position. And, Ryan, I hope you sign for us today. And I don't know. There's This is probably the deepest in the roster. I don't know who's on scholarship or not, and I really didn't have time to search on 24-7 to see who's on scholarship or not. So neither here nor there. Let's jump into it. Hard conversation. Uh, Jared Kingston, he's out. Justin Dedick, he's out. Uh, Cooper Lovelace, I think he was a walk-on. He's out. Tucker Grant is out. Gino Canonias is out. And Michael Turquane is out. They all graduated. They were all singers. They were all actually redshirt singers. So that at least gives us one, two, three, four, five scholarships back here. Um, I think the Cooper Lovelace was a walk-on. So we get five scholarships back from the offensive line. So that's pretty good. Um, when you look at it all together, we're looking at no seniors coming back to play. Off. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. We got three seniors coming back to play the offensive line. We got a ton of freshmen. We got three, four, five, six freshmen, and we have two guys that are going to be juniors. So let's roll through this thing. Let's see how it goes. Uh, we'll start with Derek Andrews. Ryan, I'm really going to need your help here. I don't know how deep you are in the offensive line. This is going to be that rough. Deep. <laughs> so Derek Andrews, I did, do, I did do some research on Derek Andrews. I do not think he's a scholarship player, so we probably won't see much from him. He doesn't affect it, so we can move on from Derek Andrews. Um, Jack Sunlar is also Sunjar is also a a walk on, so we don't have to worry about him. But we'll get into the freshman. We'll talk about Michael Benalero. Benuelos, there we go. Benuelos, that's all this. I'll say this, coach. The three like freshmen that we can talk about that will have an impact are Michael, Michael Benuelos, Elijah Page, and Alani Noah. Yeah, the three that fans need to know. Okay, so we know that that these three guys have has got time in the first four games, right? And then there Mm -hmm. were some games where Alani Noah. Uh, got some time later down the road in the season. I do. This is what I do like about the new rule is that these guys get a chance to get their feet wet. And when they actually do become starters, it won't be their first game. If that makes sense. Like they're used to the speed and they're they're They've been in the, in a playing situation. Let's start with Michael Benuelos. Um Got four, six, two, 300. Looks like a, he'll be a center. I wish they put what they are actually are on here. But we'll just, I'm sorry, we'll just go around like this. These freshmen are going to compete for starting time. The offensive line was not good last year. Very below average, subpar offensive line. If these freshmen, like the three you said, Michael Benuelos, Alani Noah, Alani Noah has a lot of high rankings. And the other one was who? Elijah Page. Elijah Page, yeah. Elijah Page, 6'7", 300, right? So that looks like a tackle. Alani Noah is a guard. And Michael Benuelos is probably a guard center, which is a good core, right? I would prefer, to be honest with you, these guys do everything they can to become starters because now you have starters as a sophomore, you got them starters as a junior, and depending how good they are, they may go. If they don't go, you have three-year starters on the offensive line. I know that's way past Jamal's timeline, but you have a solid team now and you have enough experience with these young guys on the offensive line, 
And the camaraderie out of all positions besides quarterback and receiver is offensive line because all the communication that goes on and, you know, identifying the mic, sliding protections, checks, and audibles. So I do hope these guys compete, and I would not be upset if those three guys end up starters. I will start with you, Ryan. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the real difference maker in this unit. And, you know, you said it, consistency and continuity is so important on the offensive line. And this past year, that group was really, a, for lack of better words, a patchwork unit. When you see Pregnant, Pregnant transferring in, Dietrich moves from guard to center. They lost a lot of big pieces uh, from, from the previous year when I think they probably overplayed what expectations were. Um, and so now getting these this freshman class in, they have two more incoming freshmen. I'm not saying they're going to start, but you're building the foundation of this offensive line to be better this in 24. And then hopefully by 25, you have a really solid group that has a lot of continuity that has played well together. So I think obviously during the season, coaches aren't going to say, you know, what they know, but I think it was clear that it was a patchwork offensive line and they were why we saw so many combinations was what could work, but also planning for the future of getting these freshman reps so that now in 24, they have playing time, like you said. So I know they're excited. I know coach Riley even said on Monday, like they feel really good about the three freshmen going into next year. We'll see what that means, you know, come spring ball and come the weight room and and some new transitions that they do. But uh, I, I would think, you know, based on those three, if they get one or two guys in the transfer portal, the two big freshmen coming in in 24, like it's going to be a much better unit, at least in 24 than was last year. And then much better 25 and beyond. So, you know, I think it's in a better spot than what maybe the outside world thinks. I'm not saying they're going to be the top, you know, offensive line in the big 10, but I think they're building it the right way. At least. Um, before I get to you, Jamal, I will say this one thing I do like Elijah paid six, seven, three, 10. That's a big body. Uh, uh, Alani Noah, 6'4", 325. That's a big body. So they they are – a lot of people say, like, Lincoln Ryan likes to recruit small. These dudes ain't small. These are <laughs> these are some big uglies down in there, and, and that's the side that you are going to need to be dominant. So, like I said, hopefully the weight room and the strength and conditioning gets them right and make them explosive. So once you're big and fast, look out. that, that There's going to be a lot of good coming. Jamal, what do you think about these freshmen? Yeah, I think you guys said it really well. I, I really like the idea of three freshmen kind of growing together. And this year they they, they had kind of limited reps, as, as Ryan talked about. It was more kind of situational football, uh, given kind of circumstance. And now they kind of come in and, and they get an opportunity to have continuity with each other. They build chemistry, but they're also building leadership roles. And I think it's just so important to have leaders on your That's offensive line when you go back and you look at, you know, the great Pete Carroll days and, you know, you look at the Bakers and and you look at others where they were the leaders, you know, in many ways outside of Lionert and Bush were, were, were the guys on the offensive line. And so I think building that leadership core is so important. And, and Fred, I think you said it really well. The two guys I particularly have my eye on is, is Paige and Noah just because of how they're built. I love these tall linemen, you know, these guys, six five, six six, six seven. Um, and, and Paige being kind of six, seven, three, ten. if he has the opportunity to kind of put on maybe another 10 pounds even, I mean, he, he has the potential to be an absolute monster, um, uh, you know, not only at this level, but at the next level. And then Noah is someone whose uh, center of gravity to me is sort of ideal for kind of a prototypical offensive lineman. So I think there's some gems here, uh, and it's just going to be a matter of how quickly they develop and how, you know, fortunate they are going to be to avoid injury. 
I mean, I, that's always the biggest concern here with the yeah. offensive line. But the studs are starting to kind of get in place uh, to build a foundation. I think 24 is going to be an interesting year because these guys are rounding out from a potential standpoint, and I think they're going to make a step. But you're also going to have a quarterback, no matter who it's going to be. I have a hard time believing whoever is going to be the signal caller in 24 for the Trojans is going to be as elusive as Caleb Williams and as poised under pressure uh, and and in ability to improvise and extend play. So this group is going to have to get better. Uh, you know, if this is even a group that's maybe 10 or 15 percent better than they were last year. I don't know if you can have the same results offensively given at the quarterback position you're probably going to get 10, 15, 20, 25% worse, no matter who it is, uh, just because of how good Caleb Williams was. So you have to sort of think through that dynamic a little bit. But I really like what I'm seeing in terms of growth here at this position. Yeah, so let's move forward. Let's go to uh, guys that are going to become juniors. So Kalen O'Connor, he's a a walk-on. I looked that one up. So only junior on scholarship is Mason Murphy, right? He had some playing experience. He was on that rotation. I mean, I, I, I'll i just play like this. I wasn't impressed with the offensive line this year at all. I think there was a little bit overrated, a little overrated type stuff, and he was one of those guys that was on that offensive line coming in. Everybody was high on. So, I mean, this sucks to say, but if he loses his spot to somebody in the portal or if he gets beat out by one of the younger guys, I think that puts the team in the best position possible. You know, so Jamal, real quick, what do you have to say about the this lone income junior? The lone ranger. Uh, you know, I think uh look, I, I think at any at any sort of spot, as long as you're sort of creating competition. I think one of the challenges that happened this year, uh this past year, is there felt it seemed like because of the lack of depth on the offensive line, it was very definitive who was gonna play what spot at the start of the season. And then when guys underperformed and you know got injured then it started becoming this musical chairs at the line and so it became a situation where it was very reactive Lincoln had to be very reactive to to what his players were kind of giving him and as a result there was sort of a lack of continuity I think even if you have guys in this system that aren't necessarily going to be starter quality but if they can push the guys that are going to be starter quality and you create that competition, you're going to be very proactive about who you're going to put out there. And then you're going to be a lot more resilient in season to any adversity that comes about. So I think really the gems here, uh, Fred, to be very honest with you, are the freshmen. I think it, it sort of tapers off here um, after that. But I think the the upperclassmen, if they, as long as they can push these freshmen to start building the right habits, bringing their experience, obviously they're starting slots out there, um, I think that's really the role of these guys moving forward to really start building the foundation and the culture and the habits and the mentalities of kind of an elite offensive line a year, two years, three years from now. Ryan. Yeah, I don't need to add too much more. And you know, I think having a, someone like a Murphy as a rotational versatile depth piece is what you want. Like you don't want to go into the year, probably having him as a true starter on your five, but he does have versatilities played on the tackle and the guard position. And obviously has that veteran leadership. So, you know, if you can keep him on, you know, scholarship, keep him on the line in that room as a, you know, a vet leader. I mean, that's great. You just probably don't want him to be, you know, one of your five starters, but if he rotates in or if there's injury, he's, he's been there, done that, played that. So, um, you know, I think he's a he's a nice to have 
not necessarily a, a guy that you're looking at to carry that room uh, into, into the Big Ten. I got you. So let's move on to the seniors. I'm just looking at something up real quick. Sorry about yeah, that. This will be an interesting one. This will be an interesting one. So let's move on to the seniors. So we got uh, Andre's DeWork. De work. Andre's DeWork, he's on scholarship. Emmanuel Pagan, he's on scholarship. Uh, actually, all the seniors are on scholarship. So uh, Andrew Malik is on scholarship, and Jonah Moheim is on scholarship. Um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of speechless because like we haven't really got any production out of the seniors. I know they're going to say Jonah Moheim's the guy and this and that, but to me, he was highly overrated, and I don't think he was very good at offensive line, right? Um. These older guys are not bruisers, and these older guys, to me, set a bad example. And I know some of them are Clay Helton guys, and they moved over to Lincoln Riley system, and we get into all that. But, like, they weren't very aggressive, right? They'll probably come in as the starters, but if they get their spot taken, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Jonah Moheim, I hope he does not consider going to the league because he's not ready. Man, it's just... They, I, they're just not tough enough. And I, I hate to – oh, they're going to kill me. I know they're kids, but I'm talking about football tough. Let me put it like that. They're not football tough. They're not go-getters, bruiser guys, and that's what we need out of them. So hopefully, like, these younger guys and, and we could build a line and, like, the younger guys are coming in on recruits. Actually, challenges like Jamal said creates competition. So I'm not really high on these guys. Like, if they, they do get the spot taken, I think it's for the better, but – that competition is good for these upcoming sophomores. What What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's and I agree. He hasn't announced, to my knowledge, but you know, Jonah Monheim hopefully does come back and doesn't decide to go into the draft. But you know, having him and Pregnon as those those leaders and those vets, Pregnon, correct me if I'm wrong, I think transferred from Wyoming last year, so making the mm -hmm. jump from the Mountain yeah. West to the Pac-12, and then now from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, and he had his struggles. Uh, it certainly wasn't, I think, as as good as the hope was when he was a, a high star transfer, if you will. And Monheim had some struggles too, but at least it does bring back some continuity there. So again, similar to like Murphy, it's, it's a nice, I think vet leadership piece to have. You want to see these, these freshmen are really what the future are in terms of big body, in terms of skill set going into the big 10, in terms of um, hopefully just the actual talent level that needs to be on display for this offense line. And like Jamal said, for a probably lesser quarterback playing, um, but I think having, you know, Monheim and, and Pregnon going into the season is still a, a positive to have, you know, just because they did start basically every game last year. Yeah, the locker room leadership. I get that point. I understand that. But hopefully it's just not a bad way. Jamal, in, a, in 90 seconds, tell me what you think. Monheim, to me, might be the X factor to the whole season, uh, because I think if he is able to make a jump, because there's potential there. And I think right now. Fred, to your point, what we saw was habits, preparation, um, you know, just sort of putting it all together on the field wasn't quite there. But there's a big difference when you have four credible starters on your offensive line versus three. There's there's a huge tipping point there. And so for Monheim, if he can develop and, and kind of be the guy we think he can be, then, you know, that sort of allows these three freshmen to come along if he has kind of a year that he did this past year and you're really only relying on kind of three guys and their freshmen and you don't know, you know, going into their sophomore year with no depth, 
uh, you, you know, it's going to be really troubling to kind of, you know, open up holes in the run game, to pass protect, to really kind of keep that offense on schedule. So to me, Monheim in so many ways is the X factor because you know what you're going to get at running back in general. You know what you're going to get at wide receiver. You know what you're going to get, you know, relatively speaking at quarterback. But the difference between three quality offensive linemen and four is kind of the difference between a team that's going to play in a mid-tier bowl and a team that's going to threaten for a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, I, I and I agree. And I, and I agree with you guys about talking about how, you know, it's good to have the veteran leadership. But the only thing that worries me, just hear me out, the only thing that worries me is that they have that tarnished culture, right? They have a little bit of Clay Helton, and they have this past Lincoln Riley culture. Like, they just have the tarnished culture, and you don't – hopefully it does not spread to – the younger guys and these younger guys could start bringing in new guys and start building a new creation on culture. So that's the only thing that worries me about it. So hopefully these guys do good. That was a look at the offensive line. Thank you everybody listening to or listening to us on the mightier 1090. We appreciate you guys. Better line, go to betterline.ag, put in promo code believe that's B L E A V. We get a 50 cent match bonus. So yeah, continuing on like <clears throat> I'm just afraid of the culture. That's, that's the thing that worries me when I, when I see these guys, right? It's like, they had the year that they had before, and then all of a sudden they just took a decline. So to me, and it's just to me, and it's just my opinion, to me it's like I made it, and they didn't do anything to get better. And I've seen that with coaching. I'll give you a great example. We had this freshman corner. He was all-conference freshman of the year. The sophomore, junior year, he never got better, right? And he never worked. He got he was still stuck on his award from two, the two years prior to, and that's what – I see with this a little bit, like the two years ago when Caleb won the Heisman, he was the guy and everybody's high on him. Same thing with Justin Dedick. Like he was, they, they were the guys, but then I think their guys didn't work to remain the guys. So that's what I'm worried that they're going to pass that on to the younger guys and be like, well, we were good our, our sophomore year. We, we made it and you haven't arrived. You guys understand what I'm saying? So that's, that's the little thing that worries about me. What are your what are your thoughts about that? I'll start with Jamal because I'm pretty sure he has a great rebuttal for me. <laughs> no, Fred. I mean, I think that's I think that's fair. You know, at some point though, we have to acknowledge that you know this is Lincoln Riley's team for the last two years. He is going into year three, so the the residual effect of Clay Helton, I mean, at some point has to kind of go away, right? We we can't you know Clay Helton hasn't coached this team now in three seasons, given given where he got fired at, at the beginning of. Uh, you know, of 20. And so, uh, you know, I think that we're we're in a situation here where this year, you know, we talked a lot about kind of front six, back six. 24 to me is shaping up a lot like 16, you know, where uh, the, the team that sort of start, started one and three and then made a run, uh, you know, with Darnold. It, it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like that uh, very early at this stage because when you open against LSU on a neutral site, your third game is at Michigan. You know, you're talking about big physical teams up front with a lot of questions at the offensive line, guys that haven't really played in big games like this. There's a world here where SC starts one and two, and then these guys start kind of settling into their roles. The quarterback gets comfortable. They get into a rhythm and potentially can make a, a later season run. But uh, I think the, the preparation this particular offseason is going to be absolutely pivotal because they don't have that cushion that they did this year in terms of easing their way into the season. I mean, they're opening against LSU, and then the third game is Michigan. I mean, it just bang, bang, bang right away. So 
I think how these guys prepare is, is going to be absolutely paramount uh, to success in 24. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's time now, and obviously you have a new, not new, new from the Helton era, but the new offensive line coach and coach Josh Henson. And, you know, he's coaching the SEC. He's coaching the Big 12. Um, so brings in, you know, different pedigree in that regard. So, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's definitely a, a true fear. Um, but you, you know, these guys, even when you look at Jonah Monheim and Pregnant obviously wasn't even there because he transferred, but Monheim didn't start in the Clay Helton era. So even though maybe if he was recruited by that, he has become a facet of the offensive line in this Lincoln Riley era and within this scheme and the system. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's time to, you know, just move on and move forward with that. And yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a wild start. I mean, you look at that, that schedule, it's, it's a fun if you're a fan, it is a fun schedule. If you're, you know, looking at this team um, progressing from last year to next year, it's a terrifying schedule, I think, because of how things could go based on just the the names on there. Now we'll see, you know, what else happens. And obviously, obviously the transfer portal has been crazy already for a lot of these teams. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the culture in terms of past versus now is something to really worry about, in my opinion. I got you. I, I and I agree with you, but uh, that's just where I stand. So let's let's talk about this. Do where do where do we go from here as far as building the offensive line? Do we do we go check the portal? And because in my opinion, I will take one more guy. And I'm kind of like this with like with the receivers. If I don't get them in the portal, I'm good. But I will be highly highly high school recruiting here. I'm starting to I will start to build the depth here and with high school and start to create that culture and just I don't think I don't I don't think I need to go to the portal at all for offensive line. Um because they are young for the most part. The bulk of them are young. They did recruit some guys. So I think if I keep recruiting high school, I could get a good good bulk of guys and I could get a good string of guys and i think that room will be very solid and could be very good and you could produce a lot of nfl athletes what do you think ryan yeah i mean right now four out of their 18 commits are offensive linemen their number one rated commit is an offensive lineman interior guy um out of florida so you know bringing in four new guys i still think you you probably hit the portal for at least one maybe two i mean especially because there's some there's some good some damn good names out there um, some high quality when you look at, you know, Texas A&M, obviously that's going to be a whole different team with some of those guys available, some Ohio state guys. Um, so I, I think you still, you, you try to entice one or two to come over, but the foundation, as you've said all along coach and, and Lincoln Riley even echoed this on Monday, like that now they're in year three and they need to build it through recruiting, not through the portal. The portal is a nice, you know, addition, a nice band aid but you build it, especially the offensive line through recruiting. So, you know, you've got four last cycle, you have four right now. We'll see if any more get added to it. Uh, but I still think you had one in the portal, especially just with the optionality out there of, of the talent. Like why not at least try to go get one of these guys and add it to the room, man, man, what you got? Yeah, I agree. I think you have to sort of, cause this, this group still feels a little light. And, and even when you sort of come in uh, with the four, the four new kids coming into this year, I mean, you sort of have to look at offensive line as, you, you know, you got to recruit a lot. And I think that a really good hit rate is one out of two. Like one out of two guys kind of pan out and, you know, and end up being productive for you. Um, sometimes yeah. for some programs, it's one out of three. But I think the elite programs, it, it's sort of one out of two. So if you sort of just apply that and say everybody we talked about here 
if you kind of take a one out of two hit rate, okay, there's one, maybe two really quality guys that emerge here. You know, a strong line class out of the four, maybe two guys pan out there, you know, and I think I would sort of play that game. That still sort of doesn't give you a complete line. And I think especially for this year coming in, I think you probably need one more guy, uh, maybe even two from the portal at, at one of these elite places that's looking at an opportunity to play more and get paid a little bit more and uh, and all of those mm-hmm. things. So I wouldn't uh, completely rule out the, the portal here um, as an option. And I think maybe next year uh, you can be a little bit more selective and say, hey, you know, these guys are panning out now. The pipeline's coming in. But I think we're still in that you know, sort of year three kind of intermediate spot with Lincoln Riley where he's going to have to maybe get one more guy from the portal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have no disagreement with that. I mean, if you, if you don't get two, it's not the end of the world, but if you get one, I mean, if you even don't get one, it's not like, Oh man, we really missed here. Cause like, like, I've, like I've been saying, when we flip over, we're going to need a lot of portal help. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know what I mean? So, um, Offensive side, and we're pretty much. I mean, we'll talk quarterbacks uh, next next week. But when you really look at it, the offensive side really isn't that bad, you know. Like, and and that's Lincoln Riley's specialty, right? He's he's an offensive guru. You could tell that he put a lot into the offense. And when you look at the the future of this offense, and I think I think we I think we shot our gun too soon because we didn't know what was happening. But like when you look at the receivers, they're loaded in, at the the young they're young at receiver, they're young at offensive line, right? Um, running backs is a little scarce, right? And then when we talk quarterbacks, quarterback is going to be a little scarce. But um, he might really be building this thing, you know. And he the plug and play players are the ones that we saw, but we didn't see the depth. Now that we're really combing through this thing, there is some depth there, and I think this might be something he is building. And the only thing is that it could pan out, you know. Um, the one thing I'll say, Fred, that? is I think we have to sort of temper expectations with the line yes. going into 24 because I think the 23 line was terrible. And I think a lot of it got covered up because of how improvisational and magical Caleb was in terms of his elusiveness. And so, uh, you know, he was able to mask I think a lot of issues. Now he was running for his life a lot and that was very obvious, but I think his ability to evade the pass rush allowed USC to stay on schedule. Even, you know, even those incomplete passes allowed USC to kind of stay in front of the stick, stay on schedule um, and, and his ability to evade, you know, that was a once in a 10 year type of scrambler. Um, Even the guys that they're talking about right now, Will Howard, Cam Ward, a guy like Cam Ward, who's, ranked either one or two, depending on the rating system in the transfer portal, took a ton of sacks at Washington State this year. Washington State was behind the chains a ton. He was sort of feast or famine. And so even if Cam Ward is the USC quarterback, there's going to be a world where there's going to be a ton of second and 20s next year, um, you know, just given his style, uh, you know, and Lincoln's going to have to really get in there and, and really kind of tighten up his mechanics if he's the quarterback. And Will Howard, uh, you know, he's a he's, he was a good athlete at Kansas State in, in kind of the, a Big 12 situation, but it, it's kind of a different animal here in terms of the teams that SC is going to have to play. So we have to temper expectations because this thing is really starting from the ground floor. 
I think the goal for 2024 for the offensive line is to be average. I think if they're average in 2024, I think it's a success because this 2023 offensive line was significantly below average. You got anything, anything for that, Ryan? No, I t- completely agree. And especially going up against, you know, the much bigger fronts that they're going to face in the Big Ten. And, and you know, you just, you just got to get bigger. There's just so much culture changing in terms of what uh, you're looking for in athletes, mostly on defense. I think the shift is, but on offense, there'll be some shift there just because of the defense you're facing. So, yeah, I mean, it's if they can just be average, I think that's a win um, in this, in this conference. And then I'll give them all you ask is for an opportunity and a chance, right? Like give your quarterback a chance, give your running back a chance. And if they're average, they'll do that. It won't necessarily be great. Um, but then you're building that with these three freshmen becoming sophomores with the four freshmen coming in, the foundation is getting built. So, you know, you hope by 25, this can be a top, you know, three unit in the big 10. And so, so a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, the, the Big Ten is bigger, blah, 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 this and that. One thing who says one that? Thing, who says that? <laughs> the one thing the one thing that the one thing that you we can get advantage on is if we're faster. If we're more explosive than the Big Ten front, right? If we're just as big but we're more, more explosive, I think that gives us a competitive advantage and the size really no longer matters, if that makes sense. If if you if uh, it's hard to explain, but I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. If we're big and we're strong, but we're also explosive compared to the big 10, 10 myth is they're, they're just big guys. You know what I mean? Like they're just big refrigerators, clunky guys. But if we're big and explosive, we're getting off on you and we have that same strength that gives us a, that puts us ahead at least two yards. You know what I mean? So I think that is something that needs to happen. And that, ha- that happens to happen from the, that needs to happen from strength to conditioning. So with that being said, we're going to put our guy Ryan on the spot. And come up with a stone. We'll come in with our Stone Brewery coaches report. He was a part of a press conference this week. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Well, we talked Monday was Riley. We talked about that. I'm already. not talking about Riley. But, I'm but talking Tuesday about, was DeAnton Lynn. Yeah. Yes, we'll do with DeAnton Lynn. He DeAnton Lynn yeah. press conference. So let us know what came out of that uh, out of that press conference. Yeah, I mean, what uh, did you did? Either, I'm sure you did, Jamal. Did you watch or listen or read any transcripts, Coach, of it? I have not had the chance. I saw the, I saw your tweet, and then I was at work, and then you know, one year old. So I would do that yeah. tonight, Jamal. You saw it? Yep. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, you know, at the LA Football Network, we cover him too at UCLA. But um, you, Coach, would breath of fresh air. What he was saying that you know schematically. It's based on the players that we have and based on the opponent. So he he basically was very clear, like, I don't have a specific scheme. Obviously, there's certain a four down front or whatever, but it's going to be based on our personnel and based on it can change week to week based on who we're playing because not every scheme is going to work. And and I think one thing that I took that I really liked hearing was him saying, like, I'm excited. He's on the recruiting trail. When he, he was on the call, he was in Atlanta. He was in Connecticut yesterday. Um, so making the rounds quick. He hasn't even met the full staff yet since being hired. Um, but he said he can't wait to get into the Big Ten film of the opponents they're playing so that they can start preparing for those offenses in the spring. So then when you get to game week, you're already prepared, and then you're just changing different nuances so there's not, like, a whole new install that you're doing which I think is a big breath breath of fresh air considering our previous DC Alex Grinch talked about not (laughs) seeing a play when it happened the week prior. So I think hearing that, you know, and it's coaches speak, but I think 
last year's results at least speak for itself and how quickly he integrated his methodology and, and his philosophy and stuff. So um, just a great coach. Uh, it was really fun talking to him. And, you know, obviously he's in a new role, but uh, you could tell he's excited to be here and, you know, it's always that honeymoon, right? When a new coach, but like, Oh, so great to meet you members of the media. And like, thanks so much for the time. And we'll see how long that lasts. But um, yeah, it was cool. But I think hearing the philosophy of, of what he wants to instill, how, when he looks for an athlete, he looks first for versatility. He looks obviously like what every coach says, someone that loves the game wants to put in the work. But I think him talking about players that can play different positions, whether it's a four down front, a five down front, whatever it may look like. And they don't have to do as much substitutions. Cause if you have a guy that can play at the nose, play at the zero tech, the three tech, it gives you much more optionality instead of having to sub these different packages, which we talked about a ton. Jamal, you brought up a ton. Like, why are we doing these five man swaps every other play with these substitutions? And coach Lynn is talking about like, we don't want to have to do that. We want to be able to have our 11 guys and optimize them and maybe throw in some substitutions, obviously, when it sees fit, when we're changing from nickel and dime packages and whatnot. So really, it was really cool to hear him talk. You know, he's excited and it'll be obviously more. We'll learn more once he's actually, you know, met the staff, once he builds his staff, because, I mean, he'll have some say in whether who they keep, who they go out and get. Um, but obviously, he's he's on the road now meeting all the current and future recruits. He better get him in shape. The second thing I have about that, did you tell him that there's somebody at LAFB that's really, really going to break down his defense? So he better be on. It better be sound. I didn't mention that. <laughs> I'll have to next time. I'll have to. You can you can tell him at the Holiday Bowl, maybe. Oh yeah, definitely. There. Yeah. No, but that that's good to hear. So that's what most sound defense. When I played at SC, we did that in the spring. Like we saw a little bit of something from each per each team that we're going to see because like. You see it in the spring. You get your 15 practice in the spring. That's the chance for you to get better. That's spring training. And then you see it. You even see it in fall camp. You see something that you're going to see during the season. And that way you're not shocked and you're not trying to learn something new in four days. Right. Because yeah. once the bullets start flying, that it's a lot. A lot of things change. It sounds good in practice, but in the game and then bullets start flying, the band's rocking, things ain't going like they're supposed to go. Think a lot of things change, so he's putting them. What he's saying right now, and tell me if you've heard this before, he's trying to put the players in the best position possible to be successful, and that's how you like win. I've heard, I've heard you say that before, <laughs> so I, I'm all good with that. Jamal, what are yeah, you he also about said one conference? thing that was interesting. Ryan didn't mention this part. I don't know if he forgot, but <laughs> he also said. We're not that far away when I watched the film. Uh -oh. So, you know, uh -oh. which sort of brought a little bit of, of angst to me, <laughs> um, you know, because that that sounds, you know, Lincoln Riley spin, you know, 2.0 right there. I mean, Ryan, what was the, the slogan last year? The longer the game goes, the better we are. You know, that was the, the catchphrase yeah. last year. The, uh, you know, so that, that one it was a little bit of a red flag in terms of what he said. Uh, but you know, again, it's, it's kind of the honeymoon period. Both these guys are, are great talkers. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to uh, results. It, it's, it's outcomes. I, you know, I think, um, it's fun to sort of hear them talk and, you know, be personable and, and all of those things, but it's going to come down at the end to outcomes on the field outcomes in terms of who they recruit outcomes in terms of how they can develop. So, uh, you know, uh, he, he's a great coach. There's no doubt about it. He was phenomenal across town. But this is a different program with different expectations uh, and different resources. And, and so, uh, you know, he's, he's, he better, uh, you know, he better be ready uh, because, uh, you know, he's also going to be scrutinized in a very different way uh, than he was across.
across town. So uh, he's probably going to need a little bit of media training. Uh, you know, both him and, and Riley probably need a little media training for, for 24. No truth gaps? No truth gaps this season? You're not accepting any? No, any no honesty gaps? gaps in 24. No honesty yeah. gaps this season. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, yeah, not far off. Uh, maybe they got some guys in the portal. I will say this. I will say this about Lincoln Riley before we wrap it up. And I swear it seems like it seems like he's listening to us. And we talked about this a lot. They don't recruit California. They don't recruit California. And that first week, he was all up and down the coast of California at a high school football games, high school playoff games, like right out of the season. So I think that's a big deal. And I think he is trying to make an effort to recruit California kids. And I understand. And I had a friend tell me this. He's like, dude, you got to understand that recruiting is now a nationwide thing. It's no longer a regional thing. Recruiting is nationwide. And I'm not against nationwide recruiting. I'm just saying that the base of your university should be California because you are in a football hotbed, right? So don't get outside of what you need to do. You're no longer in Oklahoma. You don't have to go to the next state over. It's right there in your backyard. You're able to do it. You got two of the top programs in the nation where you could just pick everybody that you want off those teams. And even like you said, Jamal, the hit rate's two for one, right? It you one for two. I'm sorry, one for two. You're still good. So yeah. I do like the fact that he was in the Bay recruiting. Uh, he had some people at the college center for the Bother Day Bosco game. Um, there was stuff he, people SE stuff was all up and down the coast out recruiting, and I do appreciate that. So that's the change that we that he said he was going to make. And that is a change that he did make. The only thing I'm worried about is, is he doing it just to appease us? Because he is a little sketchy with his integrity. <laughs> you know what I mean? So is he like, oh, we're here. You guys see us. Like, is he making a presence or is he really trying? So that's the one thing I'm waiting to see. So hopefully it does work out. Um, you guys, got you know, the one thing I'll say, evening? Fred, is, is uh, you know, I, I, the, the one thing I'm very encouraged about is that the Anton Lynn is on has been on the recruiting trail you know from minute one it seems like it, it seems like yeah, he yeah. you know signed his contract at 501 p.m and and 503 p.m you know he was in somebody's living room you know to the point where i'm not even sure he has sort of the latest uh usc gear you know he was in some some weird stuff you know in, in some of these living rooms they had to kind of give him some some throw on shirts and whatnot just because he's he's been on the run so i think that's very encouraging i think he's bringing in urgency and a tenacity uh, to recruiting and, and I think a meticulousness um, to his position that has been missing the last couple of years. So um, I think he's, he's off to the, the, a great start. He's saying all of the right things, but you know, we've been here before and, and at this point it's, it's all about results on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to see the results. I'm happy there's things changing. And I'm happy I got to spend another Thursday night with Ryan Dyroot and Jamal Magman Magby. It's been fun, guys. The only thing I'm disappointed about is I appreciate the Lakers. You know, I, I have respect for basketball, but no LAFB lounge today. No LAFB lounge today. No LAFB lounge today. No, oh no, I you know switch switch the venue a bit. Uh, you know, just to just to keep it uh, you know keep it fresh. You know, got to keep it fresh in the off season, but uh, yeah, it's uh, LAFB Lounge. You'll see it on the next episode for sure. Definitely. Oh, so next week we'll get into quarterbacks. There's not much to get into, so we need to find another topic to fill the rest of the time. Hey, it, <laughs> there may be a lot to get into by next week. Yeah, you never yeah. know. I mean, yeah. it's uh, I, you know, it's, I, I, it's the Wild West out there right now in terms of the marketplace. SC could have no quarterbacks. SC could have five quarterbacks by next week. Who knows? All I'm yeah. saying is, all I'm saying is, I'm not against the kid coming from Pullman. We have a quarterback guru. Hopefully, he can Cam get Orton. him right. 
Yep. yep. I'm not against it. But we'll talk about that next week because there is something about him that I don't like. He reminds me of an NFL quarterback that I think is not good. Um, and everybody thinks he's good. Spoiler alert, I'll, it's Kyler Murray. I'll, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jamal. <laughs> I, the crazy part you is I never even that one. <laughs> I, I never even told you that though. Like we never know, had that I conversation. Know. That's crazy. How did you guess that? How did you, how did you know that? No, no, because I, I see I see what you see stylistically. Yeah, yeah, style, sure. style of play. Yeah, 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 definitely. So we'll get into that next week. Hey, I appreciate you guys. We got good news today. We're going to see the Holiday Bowl, so we get to see the Trojans. I will not be in SC gear. I will wear my Dodger stuff for you, Ryan, so hopefully that's good enough. Your Dodger stuff? Yeah. Oh, because is that Peco? Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. I just knew we could <laughs> oh. wear SC, and we're on the water. We need a. I needed a hoodie, and I like my Dodger hoodie, so there we go. It all okay. works out. Definitely. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, you guys. I appreciate you, fans. Thank you guys for watching, listening, doing everything. 198 because me and Ryan's two thumbs count Jamal. 98 thumbs. We get Jamal in the beard until March. So, <laughs> March that thing's gonna be big. Gonna be thick. Oh, yeah, you're you know, allowed in beard till March. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm, there, I'm gonna get the party started early at airport securities. So, you know, you, let's you, just put it that well, way. Jamal, you could groom it, you could like groom it down, but it just has to be yeah. a beard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it doesn't have to be, yeah, unsheveled, yeah. disheveled. It can be. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but if it's disheveled, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm probably going to be a flight risk. So, you know, it's, uh... <laughs> I think, I think you're fine with all the crazy stuff people have been doing on airplanes lately. So you don't have anything to worry about. I see oh, a man. squat down about to take a use the bathroom. So definitely, I appreciate you guys. So <laughs> you appreciate you guys. You never know what you're going to get in the final two, three minutes of <laughs> salute and joy. That's why yeah. folks got to stay with us till the end because you never know what you get uh, at the end uh, of the show. Yep. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for listening. Live free, fight on. <laughs>